Definitely on, definitely, definitely on. (laughs) We have a lot going on. Now, I can confirm, I mean, I saw that that, uh, announcement from the president. It's the 21st of July, 2022. Damn, the weather feels weird. It really does. Doesn't even feel like it's the end of July. It's almost as if the past year and a half has gone by so darn swiftly, almost like ripping off a Band-Aid so it doesn't hurt that bad, rather than doing it slowly, right? Oh, it's in the news. We got Biden all up in COVID again. I'm starting to think that COVID means something else. I'm just saying. You know, it seems like Benny Thompson got some COVID. This person got some COVID. It's just all weird. Really, really weird. And another thing is, You know, I've said that this is a war on religion and specifically Christianity, but they're starting to claim that religious universities blackmail people. It's the weirdest thing. Yesterday, there was a decision, Doe versus Dort University, where the judge allowed much of Doe's unfair Title IX discipline claim to go forward. The, de- the decision they made was long, but apparently, apparently, first, a reasonable jury would find that the undisputed evidence shows an articulate doubt, an articulable, sorry, doubt as to the accuracy of proceedings outcome based on finding of sexual assault. Courts should not second guess the disciplinary decision that the school administrators make. But Title IX precludes school administrators from rooting those disciplinary decisions in a gender-biased policy and procedure. It is undisputed that XY, a witness in Doe's proceeding, told Dean Taylor that she had been made aware of the fact that 
XY, another witness, had been blackmailing another witness involved in the investigation and asked to meet with Dean Taylor. Doe also shared with investigators, including Dean Taylor, that she thought that the second XY had an agenda against him and instructed the other one not to speak with him. It sounds really, really weird. This is a very interesting case. We're going to delve into that. Now, today I wanted to talk about Texas, but I'm going to push that to tomorrow. I mean, yeah, after all, manana is Friday, so why not go out with a little bit of fire? We don't want it to sizzle. You know, and then just like, eh, we want it to go out with fire because I'm hearing that some other stuff are going to be coming out tomorrow that are relevant to what we want to talk about in Texas. And so we got to wait. You know, it's all about delays, uh, you know, all about delays. <laughs> Drives me insane. All these delays. So now uh, in a little bit, we're going to have another hearing uh, from the J6 committee. Uh, that should be fantastically interesting and, you know, mind boggling because we're not expecting an indictment. You know, people say, oh, don't be silly. And it's like, <laughs> of course, be silly because, you know, they're going to pull it when Biden's being pulled out. Nobody wants Kamala Harris. I'd already told you this. You know, the more I see the discussions that are being had around the nation, the more sad I become. I get sad because people didn't, it didn't have to be the way it's going. We didn't have to go down that road. It's like when you feel sorry for someone and you're like, why are you doing this? You d it doesn't have to be like this and they're still doing it and you're just like, you know, I actually feel bad for you because you don't seem to get it and you didn't have to do it like that and it didn't have to be this way and, you know, but it does happen like that and that's, that's so sad because so many people are falling into these pockets of, um, well, I don't want to say wrongful, but weird pockets of discussion. I mean, even myself, I have evidence and I've been looking through that and then re-looking at it from a year ago, two years ago. And I have to say, it makes me really, really sad because it's telling me that people that were very close to my president betray him. And you're going to be like, Tori, stop. You've been saying that. No, no, no. These are people that I feel ashamed even thinking that they would do something like that. And the more I see it, right, the more I'm like, could it be as something as simple as money? I mean, that would be horrible. And I see so much surrounding, you know, my president <laughs> with people that still have claws in the people around my president. And I'm just, you know, just wondering. As I said 
you know, and I've been saying, I knew that when I was going to run for secretary of state, first of all, if that timeline was to come to fruition where I get on the ballot, there were certain things that had to be done. And the reason be, I I even told my campaign manager, yo, we're not going to make the GOP ballot. They are going to keep me off and out of the primary like the plague, which is good because that is how it's supposed to go. But I have to attempt to get on there because I need them to expose themselves. I need them to expose themselves, which they did. They broke the law to keep me out of the primary. Then when I ran on the independent ticket and submitted my, 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 my signatures, they were hoping that I was dumb and that I would have registered as a party, which I never did. I've said that before. Just because ProPublica had published that I had registered as a Democrat doesn't mean it's true because I didn't fill that shit out. That shit was filled out days after I signed it, right? Under the Obama administration. So... I did not register. Since that failed, they even had the audacity to call my campaign manager and direct him to advise me that I must go down to my county and change my party designation. Now, why would I have to change my party designation when I never designated it. And they know it because they were hoping that I would fall into that trap. This is just how dirty they get. And the thing is, he couldn't contest me because if I went to state court, I would have had the scalps of every singer, single director of the Board of Elections of every county that broke the law at the direction of the Secretary of State. So now they're stuck with me on the ballot. And now Ohio, as goes Ohio, so does the nation. This is the moment that people realize that the template has been set. It's about to bust wide open because the GOP decides who you can vote for. The GOP decides who they will endorse. I want you to remember back to 2016 that even after President Trump was nominated as the candidate for the GOP, they would not, absolutely not, Promote him. I remember that when I was in the state of North Dakota, I had requested from the GOP Trump signs, a ton of them, so that I can go distribute. I didn't see any Trump, Pence, anything at the GOP. I was a delegate, too. Keep in mind, I was a delegate. And they had nothing out there in August and September of 2016. So I want you to keep that in mind. The GOP needs Trump to make money. 
Yet the GOP is stabbing Americans and Trump in the back. Now, President Trump is fully aware of this. He's not stupid. Therefore, I, this will be a test. I'll test it. And hopefully it's a success. The thing that we need to see is enough movement where people denounce the parties. Denounce the parties. Completely. The GOP and the DNC are machines that are very well oiled with everybody's money and their own specific interests. Now, I had made mention that the person that I'm going up against, right, Frank LaRose, is a clown. You know, people are, he's a good guy. He's not conservative. Let me, let me summarize. And just so you can see that almost every single AG, SOS, or governor in your state has some similar backstory. It's almost like it's the same thing. So this guy, Frank, was in state legislators. He was a state legislator. His family owns House LaRose, one of the biggest breweries, well, alcohol distributors, not breweries, alcohol distributors in the state of Ohio. Pay attention. While he was in state legislature, the state legislators passed a law helping create a private nonprofit by the House LaRose, his company, his family company, right? A distributor of alcohol called Jobs Ohio. After that was done, Frank LaRose got the position of Secretary of State. So he literally paid for it. But here's the kicker. Jobs Ohio is part of the network of the World Economic Forum. People are not paying attention. People are not paying attention. You need to shake every single person next to you and say, dude, wake up, dude. These people are with the globalists, dude. Why are we voting for these people? Vote for the toothless guy on the corner Vote for the bakery shop owner. Vote for the mom. Don't vote for these idiots. Now, the thing is, is that people keep repeating the same shit over and over again, right? Over and over again. And they expect a different result. And they'll hop from Republican to DNC and still get the same damn results because they're the same thing. They just talk to you with a different side of their face. One face, two sides, right? Your right side of the face and your left side of the face aren't exactly the same, but they are the same person. Well, this is what the DNC and the GOP are. They pander to the different sides of people. It's pretty, it's pretty insane. And I know a lot of you saw that when I started my show, I had the, the symbol that everyone thinks is the New York Times. A genius I work with. Huh. And I'm going to do a good, good show on this. Now, we did this whole show where we were talking about the weird fraternities and stuff a couple months ago, right? Right? A couple months ago, we did like this uh, fraternity, the Harvard, like the Skull and Bones type thing. Don't wait till you see this one. And so it's, uh, it's going to be pretty, it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a doozy. So, um, I wanted today to tell you what I said last week and what I've been trying to kind of put out there. The indictment for President Trump has already been put. They have a few versions, actually. We're going to get him on this, get him on that, get him on the other. 
I did point out to you a couple days ago and yesterday what John Bolton said is key. See, I sat there and told the world, hey, we've been fixing elections and overthrowing governments for forever. People are like, yeah, sure, we, we do, Tori. Yeah. You know, some were like, yep, legit. Like, why would someone say that? But other people are like, yeah, that's bullshit. And then John Bolton comes out on global television and says, yeah, we run coups in other countries because we want to make sure the leaders that are in power are safe for us and our allies almost sounds exactly like what McCain told me in 1999 when I said wait a minute are we fixing their elections and he said don't be dumb we can't have people electing their leaders that would be chaos but now everyone's like oh now I get it now I get it now I get it oh because John Bolton told you the scary guy see John Bolton scares me not because he looks scary or that I can't dead drop him, right? If I really wanted to, I'm not saying I could or I would, but because if he has a goal to, to get something done, he's the type of person that doesn't care how many casualties there are as long as the execution of the uh, goal is completed. And this is what scares me. Because I don't see, I would say, uh, a good moral floor. Seeing him in action, I don't see a good moral floor. He knows that we're not perpetuating democracy and we're just taking over countries and, you know, peeing on a tree to claim territory so that we have more chips in our bag when it comes down to who leads the whole thing, right? I know that. But for me, he scares me. Because when you see someone that is empty in regards to, yeah, you know, this is the line that I draw kind of thing, that's scary to me. When I see someone has no line drawn, that is extremely terrifying. Obviously, it's almost like looking at the devil in the face. But the thing is, Bolton totally came out and said that. So when they indict him, we should just call Bolton over and explain how intricate it is to <laughs> to execute a coup. He just shot them in the foot. Because we're going to bring Ambassador Bolton and say, okay, so they're saying that he did this coup. And you said that it's impossible because Trump is too dumb. And I'm telling you, he didn't have enough time to put it together. So this is where that unwinds. So today we're going to have another hearing. You should sit through it. It is important you sit through it. You know, I hear people saying, I can't sit through it. I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to do politics. And then you end up in the position where you're under the impression that you're free and you're not. You have absolutely no freedom, right? You have not seen a communist nation. You've maybe watched it on TV, but you really don't know what communist nations are. As someone that has visited socialist nations and communist nations, and uh, as and and I'm pretty sure you know a lot of migrants that came from communist nations, you know, from socialist nations, they'll tell you the same thing. America is definitely not free. Now, I'll tell you this. Today, I had a few errands to run. And uh, one of those errands was, was engaging with someone that came from the former Soviet Union and has been in the United States for about, you know, 40 years. And when I saw, you know, you know what they said? If America falls, it's over for the whole world. This is terrible. 
it is terrible. And you know what else is terrible? That the person can't voice that opinion in open public because they will be shamed amongst the medical community. This is not a good thing. This is not a good thing. When we allow them to tell us what we can and can't say. My daughter, Phoebe, she's a junior now. So she decided, okay, mom, you told me that this year I can totally enjoy high school and I can totally like join the clubs and do things. She joined something called the pause club at her high school where they like write articles and stuff. So the topic of discussion was, um, uh, what are they, uh, it was uh, about masks and how do you feel about wearing masks at school next year? So she wrote a little piece and she was like, look, if you're scared and you think that, you know, she wrote a little article and it was up on the, on the website of the school. Uh, you know, if you feel that you need to, uh, you know, wear a mask, uh, you know, that means you're scared. That means maybe you should stay home and do online school and not ruin it for everybody else. And you're vaccinated, so you should be fine. And the mask didn't save you, but you should be fine. You know, kind of in a nice way though, you know, because she knows that she's in fruity environments, but she did say that. She said to me, mom, I was so embarrassed because they took down my post and banned me from posting on the school website and the prince and the superintendent shared somebody else's article that was talking about how masks are important. And this goes back to the fact that the school district still needs the 1.8 million and they won't get it unless the kids wear masks. But this is this is this is how they bully people into shutting up. Right? And um that is a big deal. Now, guys, I'm actually streaming on YouTube and Rumble and I think Facebook. Am I on Facebook? No, Facebook deleted me already. I'm gone. So Facebook already <laughs> took me down. That didn't take too long, right? That really did not take too long. <laughs> Facebook already took me down. I didn't even say anything. Imagine if I was actually saying something. So uh, <laughs> I just wanted to tell everyone, come over to Rumble um, so we can hang out. And that way we can have discussions on text and obviously during the break. Because this is the eighth hearing. And like I said, these hearings are going to last as long as they need them to distract when Biden is out and Kamala is in. Biden is going to leave right before shit hits the fan about Hunter Biden. Could you imagine if President Trump said accidentally that he had cancer, but he just said it like it's in the present? They would have, they would have taken him out with 25th Amendment like nobody's business. But, you know, anyway, so this came through. Can someone confirm if this is correct? Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America. Joe Biden, who many have said, is our worst president has come down with a case of the China virus, despite being vaccinated. I hope, hope Sleepy Joe is able to bounce back quickly, much as I was. Doctors described my fight against the China virus as Herculean. And not, not meaning the woke Disney Hercules, but rather the Kevin Sorbo one, or the Lou Ferrigno one as well. Joe, I wish you a speedy recovery. Even though you are taking America in the wrong direction, no one wants Kamala. Now, <laughs> that would totally be something I would write. Totally be something I would write, but I guess, you know, my mic is not broken. She said nothing. Oh, really? So I actually said his name and they jarbled up my, 
speech. Holy crap. Hmm. Okay. Is this better? <laughs> That's so bizarre. That is bizarre. All right. So I'm going to disconnect from YouTube. I just wanted to say, Hey, hey. and, um, it's good now. All right. Yeah. So I think maybe they were delaying the speech. I was reading out president Trump's, um, letter to sleepy Joe for getting the China virus. Like I said, I pretty much think that that's code for something else. Uh, cause a lot of people are getting, uh, the China virus lately, especially when it's important stuff coming up. And apparently they're saying that they're giving Joe Biden the pill. So because Joe took it, you know, that's going to be really weird and awkward though. If Joe takes it and then he has to step down cause he's like super sick or he dies. How are you going to market that? Like, that's like, no one's going to buy that. If a president took it and died, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not taking that. But um, maybe he's not going to die. Maybe they'll just keep him on ice a bit. I mean, they learned. They already been trained very well with the whole, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and everything. So they've got that down to, a, you know, it's like a Tuesday for them. It's a Tuesday. So let's, while we wait for this, I wanted to say, um, so yesterday, President Trump had um, to attend his first wife's funeral, which must have been devastating. She was his first, you know, wife. She was, she was the mother of his three kids. They were like an unstoppable power couple until, you know, Marla Maples came into the picture and then it became bitter and messed up. Um, but as time went on, I guess, um, you know, she she still had him as a friend. They were friends. She helped make Donald Trump. And so that was pretty awesome. Now, Bannon, on the other hand, they have brought him in and um and he won't be testifying uh as contempt trial. Um, and it's going straight to the jury, basically. So he passed up his chance on Thursday to call witnesses or take them the stand for contempt of Congress. Now, Congress can't hold him in contempt because he was bound by executive privilege and President Trump released him. And once President Trump released him from executive privilege, he went. And the reason he released him was because a lot of people that are, you know, involved in fighting for our nation right now are getting are going broke. The amount they pay for legal fees is insane. Anyone that worked with President Trump is seeking legal counsel. Anyone uh, that that is anywhere near him needs a lawyer and they're expensive. And Steve Bannon has, you know, you know, most of his fortune has been spent on attorneys. And and Rudy Giuliani, the same thing. And people are bitter. They're bitter around the Republican and conservative and sort of pro-Trump circles. The pro-Trump as long as money comes, right? They're so bitter that they complain that President Trump has raised so much money and isn't helping and isn't paying, you know, Rudy Giuliani's lawyers, you know, or giving money to General Flynn or giving money to anybody else. They're all bitching about it. Okay. People are not the people that I'm mentioning, but other people are. And you know what I thought to myself? That's wrong. Because if President Trump 
gives money to any one of them, right? Any one of them, so they could pay their legal fees or pay the attorneys, right? It's obstruction of justice. And they should know that because they'll be like, oh, you're paying for lawyers so people don't talk to us. Oh, you're doing this so people don't talk to us. That's what they're going to say. And then what? We have our president getting done in for obstruction of justice because your butt hurts or because, you know, you can't find a good, honest attorney that won't charge you up the bajee. And say, look, you'll have me on retainer. I'll waive your retainer. And when Feek comes, maybe we could raise a fund or something to help you out or something. Like, that's how it would go. And, and what I'm telling you is this, the, the sharks. Huh, I want to say it so bad and I'm keeping my mouth shut. The sharks are circling him because they think they smell blood. They have no idea. And those that have started circling and talking shit, everything's getting back. No matter how many little spies they put around President Trump, there's smarter ones right behind them pointing it out. So they will only hear what, what he wants them to hear. Because that is exactly what they are doing. They are planning and colluding behind his back because they're losing everything. There's so many people there. I've lost everything. I'm blacklisted. I can't even get a job at McDonald's, you guys. I'm that blacklisted. You know, if I didn't have my kid on my bank account, like add them on, I probably wouldn't have a bank account either. I'd be blacklisted completely. And I get it because they have bills to pay. They have kids to feed, grandkids to feed. I don't know, alleged businesses, debts, loans. And, you know, they thought they were really popular and they had a lot of pull. Look at me. That was 2018 that they're really trying to recreate. And you know what was funny? Someone brought it up to me last night and I actually watched it back. Eric Prince was so pissed at the whole, um, the way the Q thing was handled. He was so pissed because just so you guys know, this whole Q thing was very similar to something that we deployed in Fallujah. And so, uh, he, he was, <laughs> he was so livid. It, he was so livid, so livid. And this is why they all broke up. But the thing is, they're all running in these big ass circles. Every single one of them overlap. So who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? That's the problem. It's so confusing. You can't even tell these days who's pro America and who's pro themselves. And that's the problem. They're pro themselves. It's not like they intentionally want to throw people under the bus, you know, and when I say people, I mean you, but they have to look after themselves. This is how they see it. They see it as okay. Okay. If, you know, a few people die, a few people are poor, at least I'm okay and my family's okay. And I'm going to say this, and I said this yesterday, let's pretend that for some reason today, all the water in North America vaporized. There's no water. None. None. Let's pretend there's no water like in a pond, in a lake, in a river. It's dry. We have no drinking water. All our water supply is gone instantly. 
And then you find out that in Paraguay and Uruguay, they have like these mountain springs and South America is amazing. And then you go to South America and you're like, yo, can we have some water? They're like, yo, it's going to cost you. And you're like, yo, I don't have money, but my people are thirsty. And, you know, Operation Popeye is not really going to work for the rain right now. And we really need water. So can we have some? They're like, no, it's expensive. And then your president says, oh, let's go invade them and take over. Are you going to be okay with that? Yeah, you probably will. You probably will. You'll probably say it's okay because they let us be thirsty and they shouldn't. And then I'm going to remind you about Africa, how hungry and thirsty they were. And all we did was watch African kids on TV at 3 a.m. and maybe donate a dollar. And the thing is, the dollar never got to them because it went to the NGOs that were established to eradicate them, which, by the way, I think I, I, I shared this on my telegram. But someone mentioned that they were, oh, it was Bill Gates, of course, saying how we spent years in Ethiopia doing things. Who else spent years in Ethiopia doing things? That's right. Jeffrey Epstein did. And see, listen, hold on. Let me, let me get this video for you because J6 is starting. And I have to disconnect from the others. But remember, I told you that Jeffrey Epstein was in Ethiopia doing a lot. A heck of a lot. And so... A lot of people forget that these are the usual suspects doing the same thing again and again and again, and it's and they get away with it because nobody holds them accountable. Give me a second. Let me mute this. All right, there we go. And let's show you. Well, the Gates Foundation has partnered with Diffid on a great number of things, and uh, among those are our work we do together on livestock, uh, helping animals survive uh, either by having vaccines or better genetics, uh, helping them be more productive. It's making a big difference. Uh, you know, I was down in Ethiopia seeing how chickens are out there uh, laying more eggs, getting more nutrition, uh, and even some small savings into the household. So, uh, Edinburgh happens to be where. A lot of the world's best work on this is done, and that's why uh, Diffid and the Gates Foundation are, are funding scientists here. So basically, they want to modify your food, and they've been testing it. Well, what have they been testing, actually? They've been testing what? Animals? Oh, you mean people, but, you know, they're not going to call you an animal to your face because that's how they feel about you. You are an animal. They are privileged. You're not. That's what privilege is, Okay. Now we're going to see another hearing. This is going to be interesting because they're going to have um, Pottinger on, which, by the way, Pottinger. Uh, He talked about how um, China is quietly supporting Russia, but it's not that quiet. But he was always a proponent of conservative things and he's supposed to know about China oh I don't know if I should say this I shouldn't say this yeah I'm not going to say it I will not say it I will not say it but I'd like you to listen to him because the Cassidy Hutchinson thing I hear rumors that FBI, DOJ, and DC, because she couldn't get a job anywhere, they told her, you turn on Trump, we'll give you a job. No, no, no. So they pushed on her to put her in a box and she needed a lawyer. 
And apparently she went to President Trump saying, I need $50,000 for a retainer. Help me. And he said, no, I'm not giving you money. And so she went to J6. I, I think that's bullshit. I think what happened was Cassidy Hutchinson was said, okay, if you can get him to pay for your lawyer and we can charge him with obstruction of justice, then you'll be fine. Or else you're going to have to come here and say what we want you to say. And that's exactly what happened. So that's exactly what happened. I know people are saying Trump should have just given her money. He should have just given her money because it was all just down to just 50000 Look, 50000 is a shit ton of money, first of all. But uh, that's what people are saying. And, you know, <laughs> those are the rumors that Trump should have just given her 50000 She wouldn't have went. And it's like, no, you don't give a shit because it's called obstruction of justice. That's all they want. They want to tack on more charges. So the more they could do, the more, the more, the more. She was being blackmailed. And her only way out was to target President Trump. The best nugget was to target him to give her money. That would have been cakewalk for her. But President Trump isn't even giving his best friend, Rudy Giuliani, any money. So why would he give it to a staffer? So these uh, allegations and rumors may be carrying some water. All right, so for those of you that are on other channels, we're hopping off right now on the other channels, and we're going to stick to Rumble because I'd like to keep my ability to stream on these other channels. So I'm going to be disconnecting from my YouTube now. Much love, guys. Pop over, and let's have some good commentary with this um, show where the indictments are already ready, and they're just going to pop them when they need to distract. And, of course, help the GOP. You know what I mean. So now that I'm disconnecting from those channels, um, guys on Rumble, uh, we're just on Rumble now. We're good. I wanted to say I am, I can't explain to you how sad I am, deeply sad I am, where I'm looking into evidence and it's pointing to certain people guys it has literally made my heart sink I think they all hate President Trump and the mayor and uh, one or two more people and they're all targeting the same person that's not them which aligns with the evidence I have which means they were part of this J6 thing. And President Trump had no idea. They were literally trying to frame him or actually execute it to have leverage on him. I, I, I honestly believe that at this point. I believe that, that they hoped that whatever they planned would have been successful because that would have given them leverage uh, to President Trump. And now that it's a failure, they're all scrambling. And the thing is, I know that a lot of them know that I know, and now I know that they know I know. And it's a gut 
gut-wrenching feeling. I mean, I, I remember speaking to um, some attorneys, and I said, look, I'm even embarrassed to say this, but, you know. And they were like, hey, it could... I was like, the evidence is saying that. I really don't want to believe it. And the evidence is not just the evidence, but the responses to certain things and the actions to certain things and the way the responses are done to the actions. It's just, it seems really sketch. So I'm going to pray on it. I'm going to look into it more because, you know, whoever did it should be held accountable. Is the video coming in through okay? All right, here we go. It's starting, you guys. Let's go, let's go. Oh, wow. Let's go. Sounds like I was trying to fix some audio issues. Can you guys hear me now? Is that good? Yeah, I was trying to fix it. It's like nobody wants me to talk. <laughs> like, why does nobody want me to talk? Woof, woof. That's the sound of the bullies. I just don't understand. You know, the more I, I, I watch this, the more I see that very weak people and people that don't uh, seem to mm, get it, this is all a show. And it's very important, it's extremely important that we stay diligent, that we focus people oh you know i thought of something do you guys remember my first show my first show my first show do you guys remember my first show let me see if i have it Where's my first show? I should have it somewhere, right? <sighs> Oops. Let's see where my first show is. Is this it? Mm, let me see. All right. Here we go. I'm just going to play a little bit of it if that's okay with you guys. I just want you to remember things I told you four years ago. Fortunately, I'm not that savvy multitasking with equipment that I'm not very familiar with. So, so I'm, I'm the new voice on Red State Radio. Red State Talk Radio. I am going to start my show which I hope has a good 10-year um, run, right? 10-year plan, right? And um, during this first episode, I can introduce myself. So my name is Tori, and um, I am not going to stick to titles and tiaras, but I can tell you that as my first show, you will get to know me. Uh, and I'll be that voice blaring through your headset and headphones and car speakers and Alexas, Google devices, whatever that may be. Not regurgitating good news, 
We're giving you the news you need to know, but also the tools, the tools that you will need so you can parse out misinformation, disinformation. Now, don't get me wrong. Some disinformation is necessary, and I'll tell you why. Like most of you now listening, you were, like most of you, I as well, started a movement. Now, many of you might be on a movement of clarity, a movement of reevaluating what you want from your nation. And during these midterm elections, what we have is millions of people advocating to shatter. Um, what we have is millions of people advocating to shatter our borders, right? We have elections tomorrow, and I'll tell you what, even though we would love the House and Senate, my prediction is the only thing we'll have is the Senate, because that's the only thing that counts. And I'll tell you why. Impeach! That's what they'll scream. Impeach! I mean, they spied. They lied. They lied again, and they lied again. And they will impeach. They will impeach. But just like many things that will not make sense to many. No, oh, General Flynn is going to be sentenced soon. It's going to be, you know, next year, right? <laughs> I'm telling you now, he's not. I'm telling you, our house in 2020 will be filled with faces you would not expect. And our Senate will be that of people you would not expect. You would not expect that the Republicans would take the Senate, but they will lose the House. And uh, I'm going to say this now. All the Republicans in the Senate are not on the America First train. Keep that in mind. The House is going to help the world see exactly what type of politics have been playing in our nation for decades. Now, all these reports with these cars filled with ballots, the fraud in Florida, don't worry about it. It's okay. We're watching. We're learning. That's how you get to know thy enemy. I think it's important that I play a clip. I know that I've been deterred to not to, but I think the best way for you to understand why we are taking the Senate back is key. You must understand this portion to be able to understand the strategy. Because I'm going to tell you something. You must remember the 5th of November. November 5th, 2020. <laughs> Yeah, it's not election day. It's uh, two days after election day. The elections for the re-election of the President of the United States that are to come will be insane. It'll be the first time that the people of the United States will actually vote in some states and borders Cities and states, man, keep this in mind. In December of 2013, 
I was aware of an underground type group. Their goal, their goal was to ensure that the House and Senate be given to the Democrats in full because they expected that in 2016, Hillary Clinton would be president. But now that same group, after the USA finally got a president of the people, they have been working diligently for these midterms and the elections that are coming. Now, they're hoping that these midterms, they take the House and Senate, because if they do take the House and the Senate, then guess what? Mm. That means they get President Trump out of office. Now, you'll say that's rubbish. We will never let it happen. But if they have House and Senate majority, that's it. They're pushing to impeach this president. Now, guys, you ready for this? I'm going to show you because I've been saving it. Hold on. Where is it? There we go. Okay. Do you see that? 2013, what does it say? Hashtag DC shutdown. What? 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 See, these people have been planning it for a very, very very long time. So I just wanted to show you that so you know what I mean by this underground movement and that you understand what I mean by this underground movement. Not yet. I mean, first we have to dig up all the garbage they have off overseas, right? We have to catch them. But we've already done that. How do I know? Because like I said, I may indeed be a sneaker peeker. I tweet that all the time, don't I? I sneak and peek. I have what someone would say a device that allows me and has the ability to travel time and relative dimension in space. But that device is not an actual device. I don't have a vehicle. I don't have anything. I mean, I guess... I did have access to a special computer, but the best computer is a weapon hidden inside my mind, just like you have one between those six inches between our ears. For now, let's just call it fancy math. <laughs> a little bit out there for you? <laughs> well, enjoy the ride, because up until the elections, man. Now, let me demonstrate to you exactly what's at stake. And I won't tell you that because, you know, people love tiaras and titles. So I thought the best way to showcase it to you is by playing this old clip from NPR. It was just done a few months ago where, yeah, NPR, the station that we pay for with our money, actually is telling you their plan if you're paying attention. So you want to impeach the president? Here it is. Take a listen. By impeachment. But it's hard to watch the news these days without hearing the word. So what does it actually take to impeach a president? First, a member of the House of Representatives brings a resolution of impeachment. And that happens from time to time. Not a big deal in and of itself. Number two, the House Judiciary Committee would have to produce a majority vote to advance that impeachment resolution to the full House. Third, the full House would have to have a majority vote 
for the impeachment resolution. Fourth and finally, the Senate would sit as a jury judging the president and the impeachment resolution. So as you see, the House does the majority of the work, but the Senate is the one that seals the deal. So the House can bring a resolution for impeachment, no big deal, happens all the time for whatever. Then they go to the House Judiciary Committee, they talk about it. Dear, dear, dear. I'm going to tell you something. The Judiciary Committee is so sloppy. (laughs) But the sloppiest one is the House Intelligence Committee. I'm just letting you know that. Mm, Pencil necks. Think about that. Just remember that. Because you know what they do? It's like the ones with the protractors. They think they're sneaky, but they're not. You can see them. You got a pocket protector? Well, I might be sitting right on there, per se. Per se. Mm. But the Judiciary Committee isn't the problem. It's the Intelligence Committee. Intelligence Committee has access to the intelligence community and has one of the highest clearances as members of Congress. I mean, that and, uh, you know, foreign affairs. I mean, it would be wild if we dropped in someone like Ilhan Omar on that, wouldn't it? But watch it happen. What? Yes, unfortunately. But that's okay. See, because we need to have them in these positions. Because one thing you'll get tired of me saying over the next 10 years is they pull their own pants down. Slowly, but surely. So, what we need to make sure is that we have the Senate. Because the Senate is the one that decides if it is done. This is where the trial happens. And guess what? Senate seats are six years on terms. Six years of power. Six years of gym memberships and, you know, tax relief and tons of money. So, you know, senators don't want to go against the people. They want to stay there for six years, if not two terms, so they can get 12. And a majority of two-thirds of the Senate would have to vote to convict the president of bribery or treason or, quote, high crimes and misdemeanors. You know what's interesting? I just want to say high crimes and misdemeanors like bribery. The question is, Who else is sneaking and peeking? I mean, bribery? That's not supposed to come around until another year from now. (laughs) Quid pro quo. (laughs) That's like the the slang of bribery. Because it doesn't always have to be money. Here's $5, do me the job. Or the $100 that you pass on to, you know, the bouncer at a club. Right? This is scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Okay, and so how does this gentleman at NPR know about quid pro quo? Sounds like they're all colluding for impeachment. See, these are the clues. Unquote. And if you're wondering what that last phrase really meant in the Constitution, don't feel lonely. People have been debating it for more than two centuries. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, 
the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast, your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. The first attempt at impeachment involved President John Tyler in the 1840s. It didn't get very far, basically because the midterm elections of 1842 switched party control in the U.S. House and Tyler left office after just one term. A far more serious impeachment effort was mounted against President Andrew Johnson in 1868 when he fired his Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton. Uh, Congress stood with Stanton, mostly because the members of Congress just didn't like Andrew Johnson very much, regarding him as too sympathetic to the former Confederate states. Uh, Johnson was, in fact, impeached in the House, but he was not convicted in the Senate by one vote. For a full century thereafter, impeachment seemed something of a relic, but all that changed in 1973. Despite having won a 49-state landslide re-election the year before, Richard Nixon found himself embroiled in a scandal over a break-in at the Democratic Party's national headquarters during that re-election year. A Democratic majority in the House was prepared to impeach him with help from some Republicans. In the Senate, the sentiment against Nixon was even more bipartisan than it had been in the House. At the same time, Nixon's approval ratings were plummeting, and the president eventually felt it necessary to simply sign his office before the impeachment process could be completed in August of 1974. Two dozen years later, Democratic President Bill Clinton was impeached by a Republican-majority House in the case of a White House intern named Monica Lewinsky, with whom he had been having an affair. Bill Clinton was charged by the House with perjury and obstruction of justice. Clinton's case then moved to the Senate, but unlike the background for Nixon's, Republicans were rising turns. Frequently, in the judicial impeachment for Sounds like they have a plan. So, tomorrow... We're all going to the polls. We're all voting. I want you guys to keep in mind one thing. The Senate is the most important thing that we need to ensure Republicans have control of. In fact, I mean, it would be great for us to have the House. But if you don't get the House, that's fine. That's fine. Because it will just show how all they will do is try to push this witch hunt, which, by the way, has a lot of foreign fingers in it. I mean, seriously, Mueller, the Germans and the Canadians. But that'll all come out later. Way later. So let's talk about what the president is going to be doing uh, during that time. It's important for us to understand 
where he will be going, who he will be seeing, what he will be doing. So let's see. Um, the President of the United States uh, has a PAC schedule today. Uh, from what I see, uh, you know, he left last night, I guess, like early in the morning, like everywhere. Okay. Like, he is going to have a Make America Great Again a rally. So it's going to be quite, uh, wait, is it? Yeah, it is Missouri. It's Missouri. And then in the evening, he's going to be back at home. Like this president, early early this morning, he had a bunch of meetings, obviously, right? But he left um, the White House, I guess, uh, just a couple of hours ago, right? Um, and he's in Cleveland uh, right now, leaving Cleveland. Sorry, <laughs> he's leaving Cleveland. Um, obviously late because it's, you know, 530. He should have already been out. Um, so he's leaving Cleveland um, for Indiana. Wednesday, Trotty and all his other people were captured and then beheaded. <laughs> I'm going to tell you in 2020, we're going to have a Kai folks moment. But this time, the target will be the people. You. It's kind of like the purge. That's why I don't like my kids watching purge, the purge. Um, they're excited, you know, um, especially during Halloween time. They want to watch like scary things. And I'm like, yo, this isn't funny. This is going to be reality in two years. And they laugh. And I know all of you are probably laughing. But it seems like always during the time of November, a lot of crazy things happen. A lot of things happen. Insane things. Like you wouldn't, you know, believe the things that happen in November. You know, in November, actually, November 5th, <laughs> uh, in 1940, Roosevelt was reelected to a third term. Did you know that? Yes, he was. And then he won a fourth term in 1944. And Nixon, obviously, obviously election time, right? He won in 1968. And did you also know that um, there was this guy named Peter Strzok and Obama's mommy? Yes, Stanley Ann Dunham. They were in Iran in 1978 and they promoted the installation, right, of the IRGC, the American CIA, a gentleman named Peter Strzok, and Barack Hussein Obama's mother, Stanley Ann Dunham, who helped him do this, he announced that the U.S. Embassy in Tehran is a center of spying and plotting. And what happened was this, 444 days. And that's how they took out Jimmy Carter. In the summer of 2018, when I told you that Peter Strzok is not FBI, he's actually of the agency. And he poses as an FBI agent. You know, a lot of these brick and mortar SCSs, VSCSs, wear a lot of hat. But you know what? Those people that have titles and go to Langley all the time and have IDs that say CIA are not the people destroying our nation. If he didn't do a job for the government and then the government throw him under the bus, so then he goes and throws them under the bus. 
today, that is pretty, that is a very big deal. The Department of Treasury and Office of Foreign Assets Control sanctioned more than 700 individuals, entities, aircraft, and vessels. Wow, right? That is a huge deal because you're going to see the Eastern Mediterranean is going to be the hotbed. And we're going to be talking about that every day here, five to six on Red State Talk Radio. We're going to be talking about what they're planning, how they're planning it, when they're planning it, and how war is sparking and no one's really paying attention. It's quite saddening because everyone's distracted, distracted. So where are they distracted? Let me tell you something. When the emails that WikiLeaks dropped were released, they weren't the ones that Assange really wanted dropped. See, the atrocities of evil, harming children, trafficking children, trafficking humans, which is a very big deal, and this is why the president wants to build a wall. This is why he says, stop Stop coming in with the caravans. Stop paying for these caravans. There are faceless and nameless women and children and boys and men that are being trafficked across borders and treated like cattle. It's atrocious. What they do is atrocious. And that should unify everyone from both sides. But I'm going to tell you what. Those that are voting for the Democrats, those that cried and nearly died because Hillary Clinton didn't win, like Lady Gaga riding the back of the garbage truck. Yeah, they're afraid that people are going to know about all these satanic, disgusting, someone that can uh, use this fancy computer. Well, I've been using this fancy computer. I can tell you what. What you've been shown on those emails is nothing to show you the gravity of the actual crimes committed against the people aside for the atrocious crimes against humanity. We've got to keep them simple. Simple. Crimes against humanity, abuse of children, the abortions, the selling of parts, people in the North American Union would have united under a tragedy, maybe like a bioweapon where people would have to voluntarily forfeit their rights because, I don't know, they're going to die. Kind of like 9-11. If you don't let us watch you when you're in your bathroom and you don't let us tap your phone when we want to, you will die because someone will fly a plane into your house. Well, I mean, why use that? I mean, we could use viruses and scare everyone that they're going to lose everything they have on their computer, but mm, people are a little bit more savvier these days, right? I mean, it's 2018, please. So, you know, there is an active collective effort. I mean, (laughs) I could sit here and tell you that I read some of that stuff, but then... I could be in breach of something. So let's just pretend. I mean, if you were these evil people and you wanted to enslave everyone, what would you do? That's a question that we should all think. Think. I mean, look, they've weaponized every single agency in our nation. Every single one. Telling us just how horrific President Trump is, how it was their obligation to spy all these people getting fired. I'm really glad that I dropped that article about uh, the high value intelligence group, which will come into focus. I guess I'm predicting mm, 2021, maybe like around my birthday. 
And um, so that should be coming into, because that's when we're going to start to see Nuremberg style trials. And, and I know everyone's like, lock her up. She's still running around. Guys, our nation, our, we, the people, let's say, haven't been free. We are not free. And I want you to understand that when I say it. Yeah, you may in your town feel like you have freedom. You've got your job, you've got your truck, you've got your guns, your ATVs. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Well, what if one day they tell you that you can't leave your house or that you need to shut down your business because they said so? You'd, you'd take the streets, right? <laughs> no, you won't. And when that day comes, you want a president like Trump in office, when they can convince you that shooting yourself in the foot, isolating yourself is the best way to go. And, and this is very important to understand because you want a leader that fights for you. You want a leader that says we don't need other people telling us how we need to dictate our economy. You want a leader that says if you want to enter into our country and be a citizen or work in our nation, that we know who you are. We're not just opening the borders up. I'm sorry. We need a leader that is the living, breathing example of America first. That's what we need. We don't need anything else. I mean, we do need quantum voting, but uh, can't do that yet. First, we need to find every single avenue. First, we need to see how they're doing it. I mean, we've seen it with the paper ballots, the corrupt officials. Uh, you know, I mean, in Florida, it's just nuts. Laura Loomer found an Avis car with a ballot box in there with ballots in it. And having corrupt people that are throwing away, changing ballots. I mean, this is insane. I've never seen something like that before. Yeah, Laura Loomer's a force to be reckoned with, man. That woman... She's going to inspire every single one of you. And for those of you that hate her and say, oh, my God, she's such a, she's a Zionist, she's this. I'm going to tell you something. She's going to make history. She is making history. You so I thought that I would just remind you guys that this script is already predetermined. And it's quite interesting because a lot of people don't have faith. It is when it's the darkest that you see the light. It is when it's the darkest that miracles happen. They're not going to come when you don't need them. They're going to come when you, when you don't have any hope that they're coming. That's how miracles happen. They don't come because you say, do it. I need you, God, come now. They come when you're spent. They come when he decides to come. That's when they come. And, you know, a lot of people tend to say a lot of things because they're supposedly in the know. They're not. Only one person knows. <laughs> not even a person. <laughs> not even a person. I mean, could be a person. Depends how you define 
it's already been predetermined. It will be better. You have to brace yourself. And you have to ensure that you know where you stand. Look at your feet. Look where they stand. Because whatever they are doing, like this guy on your screen now, Mr. Kissinger, right? Where was he in 2018? I was right here telling you where it will all happen, how it will all happen. Every little detail. And when my platform wasn't enough, I had the right people come to me and meet me. And then they took it and put it out too. And then others did. You know, as long as I didn't keep my name in it, a lot of these big publications and a lot of these losers that are in the know made a name for themselves. And I'm okay with that. Because if God gives you something so amazing, puts you up on a pedestal so high, and you shit all over the way you got there, he's going to tear you down really, really quick. Because sometimes he puts you on that high pedestal, separating you from where you began to where you are. And he sets the whole pedestal on fire. And the point B, that in order for you to survive, you do one thing. Fight the fire to save those that put you on that pedestal or cut them loose so you're the only one that survives. What is it? Bite the hand that feeds you? You know, that doesn't count, but I'm just saying. There's no... There's no proverb for that. There is one in Greek that you don't pee all over the person that granted you what you have. I'm I'm trying to paraphrase here because there's no, right? Because then you will float up there with whatever air balloon you made and you will go high and it will be popped. And when you fall, pride before the fall. And this is why right now with all of this going, there's so much confusing confusion. A lot of people jumping ship. Polls are coming out. You know, DeSantis, 23%, Trump, 54%. Listen, President Trump right now, he owns the GOP. He can say whatever he wants. He can endorse a donkey for all I care. I don't care. He needs to own the bitches. They can't make money without him. They can't pull crowds without him. Think about it. Let's pretend someone is running. Anyone. You pick a name in your in, in your mind. I'll pick one. You know, Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo is outrunning. And he's very well liked by Republicans. His rally, Trump's rally. Trump shows up, it's millions. He shows up, it's not. See, he needs to own them because after he owns them, he'll have them in his hand and say, wait a minute, didn't you guys shit all over me? Are you begging me for an endorsement, Mark? I'll give you the endorsement. And then I'm going to fuck you afterwards. 
we have to remember that our president, oh, I have, I actually have that clip. Give me a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You need to remember who he is. Here we go. It's a one minute clip. I think you're going to love it. Just listen to it. Here we go. You know, some of the people that were most loyal to me are people that I didn't think would be. Some of the people that were least loyal to me are people that uh, you got I it. think I would have treated them differently. I think I would have treated different groups differently. I would have wiped the floor with the guys that weren't loyal, which I will now do, which is great. You know, I love getting even with people, but I will. <laughs> I will have wiped. This is during a 1992 interview with Charlie Rose and Donald Trump discussed his views on loyalty. You love getting even. Oh, absolutely. You don't believe you don't believe in the eye for the eye. You do. <laughs> no, I know you well enough. I think you do. But anyway, but <laughs> but it, tell me, I mean, you you're going to get even with some people because yeah, I know, if given they, the opportunity, if given the opportunity, I will get even with some people that were disloyal to me. I mean, I had a group of people that were disloyal. But how do you define disloyalty? Uh, they didn't come to my aid. And well, what they did they do? do they turned their things. back on you? No, but they didn't do small things that would have helped. You see, I'm so loyal to people. Maybe I'm loyal to a fault, but I'm so loyal to people that when somebody's slightly disloyal to me, I look upon it as a great act of horror. The president begins by wanting to talk about Loyalty. Revenge. Eye for an eye. See, he is going to wipe the floor with them. You know, if I was the president, or if I wrote the script, I mean, you know, it can go both ways. There's two here, right? Either way, they're good. But my favorite one, only because it would give me kind of a more trolley popcorn, like the Pepe with the popcorn and the 3D glasses feel, right? Is, you know, you always get even. But it doesn't mean that you deliver the evenness, I guess. But here's what I would love to see. So this hoax indictment goes through. And then he goes up with his defense and they lose, right? This is like his third impeachment in essence. And they do that in order to hurt the party. And the party has separated themselves from President Trump. They call it the big lie. You're not allowed to talk about elections. You're not allowed to talk about stolen things. You're not, not, not. And then November's rolling around. I guess maybe in October-ish time, right? He comes out and endorses people that the GOP doesn't want endorsed and the DNC doesn't want endorsed. Then he also comes out and says, the GOP are all traitors. They all work with the Democrats. I'm running for 2024 on an independent ticket. We don't need these bozos. And suddenly the elections of 2022 are thrown up into the air in disarray. Nobody knows what to do. And, and, and people are like, Oh my God, do I vote Democrat? Do I vote Republican? And he might even endorse some Democrats that flew under the radar and some Republicans that nobody knows of. And maybe independence as well, because you know what? I'm an independent. He's going to say, fuck them. Send me your money. I have my own pack. Let's go. Suddenly the GOP is broke. Everyone is broke and he goes to trial. They indict him. How dare he destroy our money making machine? And that's when people are going to be like, wait a minute. He, did he just say fuck both parties because they suck because they're lying to you because this and suddenly a lot of people start to wake up and he's like, 
indicted and da da. But Kamala's up and then Pete Buttplug is up and everyone's like, what are these clowns doing? And all, you know, Pete goes, hi, I'm the vice president. I'm gay. And that's all he says. And memes are flying around with breastfeeding Pete, right? <laughs> Kamala just cackles. She's, she's in a basement somewhere. Elections. Nope, we can't do elections. Trump just fucked shit up. We got to stop it. Oh, the president. He needs to go. There goes Biden. So we can't have elections. We're in a national mourning thing. <laughs> During that national mourning thing, as Kamala and Pete Buttplug step up, huh, this is going to happen by Christmas, I guess. 2023. That'll be the dawn of a year that they will never forget. People will be falling from grace. People you've never heard of will be rising up. People, huh, that you were like, what? Who's that? What? Isn't that person X, Y, Z? Nope. Wait, isn't that the person that Trump threw under the bus like three years ago? Yep, he's back. That was all set up. Isn't it that, per yep, set up too. And then you see Jeff, Jeff Sessions somewhere in the back. I'm just, this is just, I'm just alleging and, and imagining. I'm just adding more pieces to that puzzle. But, you know, you can speak that into reality. Because it would destroy the whole system. And there are special elections that will have to take place in March. You know, give it time. You know, nobody picked the vice president. We don't want it. That's why they're changing the rules of the vice president. That's why they're doing all these changes. Right. But it will all depend which avenue we take based on what is going to be happening by the end of August with the primaries everywhere. So it, it's like so weird. And then after that, it's just hotter confusion. And people are going to be like, fuck you, man. I don't get Thanksgiving or Christmas. And, and Pete Buttplug is out there breastfeeding with a candy cane thing and telling me he's gay and he's vice president. And it's like, I didn't pick you, dude. You want to federalize everything. This is socialism. And then as the trial is going, it'll be exposed both on the right and on the left and within the federal government. Who did it? And this whodunit will be the biggest fuck you and you will see the whole world uprise just in time to see Turkey fall or Erdogan get knocked out because his time's short now. That's allegedly. Now let's see the sham for a little bit. We have to. This is history and we're going to have to write it with pen and paper. Remember that. By this time, the president had been in his dining room for an hour. I want you to just think of what you would have done if you were in his shoes and had the power to end the violence. You would have immediately and forcefully told the rioters to stop and leave. Like, stop and leave. Done. As you heard, that's exactly what his senior staff had been urging him to do. I'll see you there.